This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Franchise Tech Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Eric. Before I begin this week's episode, I just want to let you guys know to follow the Instagram account at Franchise Tag Sports. You can also follow the Twitter account at Franchise Tag Pod. On the Twitter account, you'll receive the newest updates as to when the latest episode will be releasing. And on the Instagram account, you'll receive some snippets as to what I'm speaking about on that week's episode. So make sure to check those out. And lastly, I wanted to let you guys know to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and give a rating and review. It really helps the show. But other than that enjoy this week's episode so today i'm joined by my boy devin it's his first podcast debut here on the franchise tag sports podcast he's gonna help me preview the afc east with me dev how you doing man i'm good i'm good i'm excited ready to go yeah man so we're gonna be talking about uh the afc east today and i just spoke about the nfc east um i think two weeks ago or about a week ago and um, this is a very interesting division. Uh, I'd say the NFC East is a little more interesting just because a lot of teams are bad and a lot of teams have a lot of question marks. But for the AFC East, wouldn't you say over the past 10 years, especially since Tom Brady's been in the league, that this has been pretty much, you know, close the door. It's the Patriots each and every year. Yeah, I mean, there's no question. I mean, the Patriots have been just dominant. I mean, what other team can you really think of that was even gave them competition? Maybe the Jets once or twice, but other than that, you know, it's been nobody else, you know, like with the Pennington and Mark Sanchez days when when they went to AFC Championship against Pittsburgh, that was only a real highlight the Jets have had. Other than that, it's been Patriots on top all day long. Yeah, man. But uh, coming into this year, a lot of new faces and, you know, uh, lots of big signings for other teams besides the Patriots. But coming into this year, we everybody thinks each and every year after the Patriots win the Super Bowl or they come from a Super Bowl loss like they ha- like they did against the Eagles that they're not going to be able to come back from this. Um, they're going to lose a lot of people. People are going to sign elsewhere. That's what a lot of things happen. But this year in particular, they mostly reloaded instead of you know rebuilding because they bring back Isaiah Wynn who's going to they bring in Isaiah Wynn um, who was a draft pick, but um, Trent Brown was their tackle while he was injured. And Trent Brown signed a massive contract, you know, with the Raiders. And he comes in now, and he's just filling that spot he was supposed to have from the beginning. They lose Trey Flowers, but they still have a nice defense, you know. And they, they got a couple – like, mostly they keep the guys they know who are going to perform well for them. They don't – they sign new guys. But the big thing is on their offense is Josh Gordon just got reinstated into the league. And – Already show already looking at what their offense looks like with Tom Brady, who's going to be forty two, but he's looking like he's you know in his twenties each and every every year. And they had Nikhil Harry, who was their thirty first pick in the draft, and um, no, the thirty second pick in the draft, I think, because they won the Super Bowl. Um, and then Julian Edelman comes back on an extension. They just extended Brady another two years. They reinstate Josh Gordon. The sky's the limit for them at this point. Is there really any competition for him, like the Jets or anything? No, no, no. I mean, the Jets have chances. They have potential this year, you know, picking up Le'Veon Bell, obviously. Sam Donald has another year under his belt. But the Patriots, just the typical Patriots, you know. <laughs> what can you do? They rebuild. They find guys. They find, like, like a couple years back when they found Chris Hogan. Like, who would have known that guy would have turned into anything? And then he leaves. Then they bring up, uh, I think they pick, uh, they signed Demarius Thomas. That's a great pickup. Yeah, That's so boom, when, when right your deal, you go. When boom, you're, when you're deal off right injury. In. Yeah, when you're deal off injury. Yeah, I know. And, and, and I can guarantee you he's going to put up some numbers. And, and 
he probably won't be with the Patriots next year either. They're just going to keep doing that rotation. They do this all the time with every player. Even look at Jamie Collins. They traded Jamie Collins away to the Browns for one year. I think he, they released him. I forget which one. But then he comes back this year to, to fill the role for them again. I mean, there you go. It's like it's 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 ever-ending circle that they always just bring in one guy players, saving lots and lots of money and still winning at the same time. It's it's amazing. But then again, you got to remember they got big Tom Brady and then you got Belichick, you know, who's probably going to go down to one of the, the best coaches in history. So, you know. So what I'm seeing right now is – yeah, yeah, I got you. But the what I'm seeing right now is there was a lot of question marks as to who they were going to have um, at tight end this year. And originally they signed Benjamin Watson, who's now suspended for PEDs. They signed Austin Safarian Jenkins before releasing him. They have Lance Kendricks as their second string. They signed him. And, you know, there's and they have no idea who to put there. And But you, as you could as you just told me they just reloaded pretty much on their wide on their wide receivers and then Josh Gordon comes back so it looks like tight end won't even be the main focus of their concerns uh when they come into this season do you expect Tom Brady to perform really well this regular season um because last season it wasn't it was one of his you know not his best seasons but in the when he came into the playoffs he really turned it up as he does as he does each and every year do you think he's going to have a solid regular season and then a, a, and um and like in a really solid po- like postseason like he does in the, in the playoffs? Or do you think he's going to have a mediocre regular season again and when they coast to the playoffs, that's when he's going to turn it on? I think he's going to be what he's always been. He He's always been this prolific player. It's, you know, his, whether people, people always doubt him for his dink and dunk passing, whatever, he gets the ball out fast. I'm like, but at the end of the day, that's what a quarterback is supposed to do. And he's still going to keep doing that. He still reads the defense as well. He's still – one of the best quarterbacks in the league by far. People say, oh, he's 42 years old. He's going to go on a decline. He's he's, he's going to eventually go out and get hurt and whatever. And I, I'm not seeing any of that. So in my opinion, I think that Tom Brady is going to play very well this year. I, I still think he's going to put up pretty, not great numbers like he's used to, but he's still going to put up good numbers. They're going to win 12, 13 games, 14 games, and they're going to be fine. Um, and then when you go to the playoffs, it feels like you can never stop the Patriots. But the one team that can stop the Patriots, they're not in this division, but those Chiefs are looking unreal. But that's for another day. Yeah, definitely so for another day. <laughs> but uh, you're right, man. Uh, <laughs> and they were close, and they didn't even get a chance to, you know, you know, response uh, in overtime. It was pretty much the Patriots had that first touchdown, and that's all she wrote. And then you yeah. don't even get to see the best quarterback in the NFL, MVP, also offensive player of the year, get to t- get the chance to take the field and respond to Tom Brady and Bill Belichick's offense. So that was a shame. Um, but it you was, know. it was, and I feel, I feel, I feel that they they should definitely. Uh, review the the whole overtime thing. Well, if you score score touchdown first, you win. I think that's a bunch of bull crap because that doesn't give the, the team that that obviously the Chiefs defense isn't that great, but um, they they should have an opportunity to to come back. That that just makes the game more exciting and 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 makes the fans happier. I'm sure there was a, a ton a ton of Chiefs fans that weren't happy. Yeah, definitely, and I think the overtime rules right now are that first team to score win, first team to score wins. But if the first team doesn't score, and you respond yeah, with right. a f- when you respond with a field goal, you win. That's the that's pretty much what the rules is, and like, and yeah, yeah. So like, yeah. So if the first team doesn't score, then the next team comes down and hits a field goal, game's over. But but if the first team hits a field goal, and then the other team gets a chance to um to uh, either tie or win it. 
Yeah. So, so I mean, honestly, we should they, we should be able to see, you know, a response. We shouldn't just get game over. You know, that's all she wrote. That's that's it. We we shouldn't be we should yeah. be able to get even more entertainment out of it. If anything, that's going to benefit the NFL more. So. Oh, hundred percent. I understand. Agree. So I, I briefly mentioned uh, the Patriots defense, but I want to jump into it a little bit and see what you think. So they signed Michael Bennett over the off season. Um, they bring him in from the Eagles. He signed a one-year deal with them. At one point, he was considered one of the best defensive uh, players in the league, um, especially on the defensive line. We have Kyle Van Noy back at uh, linebacker. Dante Hightower, which was who is at one point – people forget about him, but he was one of the better uh, linebackers in the league. I still think he is, uh, but he had to deal with injury a lot throughout his career. And then I don't know if you heard the news today about Patrick Chung, but he was caught with uh, cocaine, so he's going to be yeah, in that, court dealing with that. Yeah, going to be after- yeah, he's probably gonna he's probably gonna get suspended a couple games. Most likely. I mean, cocaine's pretty big, man. Yeah, that's uh. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, if they take weed very seriously, take cocaine very seriously, take you know, performance enhancing drugs serious, obviously it's, it's a big deal. You know, these guys are looked upon as as role models, and 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 so you know, they they gotta they're set to a higher standard than everybody else. So I definitely agree that they should uh, pay the consequences whether. Whatever the outcome is, yeah. So, uh, last three, last three guys here who are very pivotal um, when it came to their Super Bowl win um, against the Rams uh, last season uh, was the McCourty twins, Devin and Jason, and then Stephon Gilmore. These three guys are ballers. The McCourty twins are from Rutgers. They're from Jersey, so oh, they re- yeah. they represented uh, Jersey when they were in the Super Bowl. So, mm-hmm. and uh, what what do you think of this? I gave some notable names. There's definitely some guys like you mentioned before, Jamie Collins, who is uh, th- is considered in the second string uh, for linebackers um, next to Kyle Van Noy in case those guys needs to needs to go in and out. And then we have Danny Shelton, who again was from the Browns. He was their first round pick at some point, and they they brought him in um, I think two three years ago, if I'm not mistaken. What do you think of these this defensive front? What what do you think they're going to how do you think they're going to perform this year because each and every year you always see on ESPN and all these reporters and analysts come out and say this is the worst defense in the league and it goes on through the regular season and then once the once the end of the season comes around and then the playoffs start no one says anything. So why do you think that is? Do do you think they're going to perform like that again? Are they going to start nice and then kind of, you know, Roll, go off the hill, go off the cliff from there. Or are they going to stay consistent? Because to me, it's kind of shaky. Uh, I kind of agree with you as well. They're kind of shaky. I mean, you never. I mean, on paper, the defense looks pretty good. I mean, on paper, the, they should be a defense that doesn't give up a lot of points. But like you said, every year they always seem to give up a lot of points. They kind of are shaky, and, and, and Brady's always the one to kind of dig them out of that hole and, and, and end up getting the win. But I think it's going to be more of the same. It's going to be a little shaky, um, you know, but it's these things are type what type of things are kind of very unpredictable, you know. A lot of defenses like like look at the look at the the Jaguars last season. The defense was really good in the beginning of the year, and then all of a sudden they got really really shaky towards the end when the Blake Bortles went out and and um, um, who replaced Blake Bortles? I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, I forget. I forget who I forget whoever replaced them, but I mean they were just shaky all around. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You know, you know what I'm trying to say. So, but once the once the playoffs come around and, and they 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 super battle in, in the playoffs, it's a whole different game with any sport. I mean, once the playoffs hit, anybody can win at any opportunity. So, in my opinion, I think they're going to be pretty decent throughout the season, and then once playoffs come, they're gonna, they're going to hold it down. 
Yeah, definitely. And I forgot to mention one last thing, and we'll move on to the other teams um, in the AFC East. But um, their three-headed backfield that they have, their three-headed monster, they got Sony Michelle back. Um, he was a Super Bowl champion his rookie year. He was a late first-round pick. They bring him in to help them out in the run game. Uh, James White, who is a phenomenal pass-catching back, um, as well as Rex Burkhead, who turned it up in the postseason. Um, what do you, how do you think these guys are going to perform? Because I think the, the this is a match made in heaven for Tom Brady. He usually never has a run game that will last him as as long as they would like to because they're not known as the franchise being the Patriots to re-sign um, a running back and give him like a giant deal like Zeke's looking for. Or Todd Gurley has one of the, the biggest contracts as a running back. And then eventually Saquon Barkley will get paid. He has one of the biggest uh, contracts for a rookie running back. And that's becoming a new thing in the league where when you have to secure a running back, but you're not going to be able to pay, say, a quarterback. You're going to maybe give him their money, and you're not going to be able to sign wide receivers and other pivotal positions that are going to help you throughout the season. What the Patriots do is they give their money to um, – they, they secure their money so that they pay guys like Sony Michelle who's on a rookie deal, James White to – um, of team-friendly deal and Rex Burkhead who came off injury from the Bengals to come over and they're performing like any other ru- uh, running back one would be so what do you think of this three-headed backfield how do you think they're going to perform this year and yeah you know let me know um I think they're going to perform pretty well I mean you got James White who's proven himself he can get the ball in the backfield he's and then you got Rex Burkhead who's that kind of that long strong runner and same thing as Sony Michelle um in this in this backfield, especially for fantasy owners, it's going to be rough for them to try to figure it out because we all know Patriots' backfields are the, the hardest thing to predict. But um, in my opinion, I think they're all going to do pretty well. Um, it's just a matter of staying healthy. I mean, Rex Burkhead got hurt the first game of the season last season, and he was out for pretty much the whole year until playoffs came around. And then Sony Michelle, um, he played, he performed pretty well. But um, – you know, in my opinion, I, I like James White as the number one, but with Bill Belichick under the helm, who knows who's going to get the most reps and most carries. So I mean, I think the way Belichick the sees it is that James White is their, only their second string because he is a pass-catching back. He's been with them for a while. He knows what role he is, so it's not like he's competing for a starting spot as a running back to be ground and pound. Mm-hmm. But if they need him to be kind of like a speedster to go outside on like a third and one, they've done that plenty of times. But with Sony Michelle, oh. I like him because he's a ground and pound type guy. He's really solid. I like him a lot. I don't think I don't think the Patriots have had a running back like this in a very long time. And he's still in his rookie deal, mind you that. So he could possibly win even two more championships in that tender of, be, of being in his uh his four his four year. I think four. What is the rookie contract? I think four or five years. It, I think it's four it, years. Four, I think it's, yeah, three or four years. I'm not really 100 percent sure, but it's it's around there. But but you know what Belichick's going to do after this, this thing's over. I mean, unless you really see something in Sony Michelle, those guys, once their rookie deals are over, they're, they're, yeah, they're getting rid of they're them. They're gone. Yeah, they're shipping they're, them off. They're somewhere. gone. They're not, they're, not, they're not paying them. They, if you notice, they don't really pay anybody really high salaries. Not really. Besides no. maybe Brady and Brady. And Brady's not even getting paid that much money. No. and I'm pretty sure didn't Brady take a pay cut a little bit? If I'm, not, if I'm not mistaken, he only takes a pay cut because I think he's done enough with his career at this point. He's just having fun playing football. Like early in his career, yeah. he was competing to be the starting quarterback as a sixth round pick, and then had to really, you know, come up from the ground running. And now he's kind of like, I've won these championships. I'd like to win some more. I don't care how much I'm being paid. I'm having fun doing, it. and that's kind of where he's at in his life. And yeah. there's not a lot of guys like that. And you're not going to find any more guys like that. 
Oh, yeah, I, I, I definitely agree, especially nowadays with these these guys having such huge egos and, and wanting to get paid before sitting down and, and actually playing. Um, but I don't know if you heard, though. Did you know Zeke actually did get an offer? I'm yeah, sure I, heard that, I heard that today. But the Cowboys offered him some deals. So yeah, I heard the deal. The deal for him is going to be second highest paid running back in the league. And mind you, they paid Demarcus Lawrence earlier, like even before negotiations were going down. I think as soon as the season ended, maybe a little after that. So they signed him to a massive deal because he was going to hold out being on the franchise tag. And then mm-hmm. uh, they eventually signed uh, what's his Jaylen name? Smith. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they signed uh, Jalen Smith. He's one of the richest linebackers in the league now. So they're they're paying a lot of their defense, so they need to keep. And I think they're still negotiating with Dak right now. And now they're offering Zeke some money. So their cap is going to be, you know, through the roof. And meanwhile, the Patriots are literally reloading each and every year instead of rebuilding. It's, 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 it's crazy. Um, I really I really want to know what's going to happen when, when Brady eventually hangs it up because, you know, that'll show a lot about Belichick, but, you know. Listen, they got Jared Stidham, uh, who's performing really well in the preseason right now. And I know the preseason to a lot of people doesn't mean anything, but they're literally doing the same thing they did with Garoppolo. They were trying to groom him for when Tom Brady retires. And eventually, he now he's getting paid 10 times more than Tom Brady's being paid over there on the 49ers. And we really haven't seen much of him in over two years of him being there uh, due to injury. Yeah. But yeah. I get, listen, they got Jared Stidham coming up. And if he's the recipe for them like they had with Jimmy Garoppolo, I think they'll be just fine. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll I mean, have to it's, see. It's yeah. all speculation right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who knows? Brady might play until 50 years old. So, All right, so let's jump into the Jets yeah. now. Enough of the Patriots. But the reason I want to get into the Jets, mm-hmm. uh, second, is because this is a team that's really going to give the Patriots a run for their money a little bit. But we're going to have to see how they do um, with their schedule, which I think sh- should be okay. But they're bringing second. They have a sophomore year quarterback, Sam Darnold. Um, he had a pretty solid rookie year last year. Towards the end of the season, he was shaky at the beginning. But again, he's a rookie quarterback. He was the youngest rookie quarterback um, in, in NFL history to ever start an NFL game. So even just throwing him out there into the Wolves, giving him that experience, he's going to have a pretty solid career. We got Le'Veon Bell who signed that massive deal. Um, not as much money as he would have wanted, but he just wanted to get his money as a running back, and that's going to help Sam Darnold in a big way. Robbie Anderson at wide receiver, who we see year in and year out when he's with McCown or with Sam Darnold, just some glimpses of what they've done together. He's pretty solid. He's just got to you know, stay smart and off-the-field issues aside. I think he'll be a solid uh, wide receiver help there. Quincy Anunua, if he stays away from injury, um, he's had some neck injuries in the past. They bring in Crowder from the Redskins, so they give him depth there. Depth there. They had Chris Herndon. Um, who I think was their second round uh, pick. I'm not too sure. Don't quote me on that. Um, of last year, um, he suspended for the first four games of the season um, due to PEDs. And then they have uh, Calicio Semele, um, who they I think they traded for, and now they have him at left guard. And um, who did I forget? Uh, they have the they brought in the center uh, Khalil um, out of retirement to come in and help him out for one year. So. What do you think of this offense? Again, a lot of big names there and a lot of potential there. Good on paper, like you mentioned before, um, with the Patriots' defense. But how is this going to perform on the field, especially with new head coach Adam Gase? Um, personally, when when they when they all start with Adam Gase, when I heard they 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 signed Adam Gase, I was like, I was in shock. I was like, wow, this guy. But then you know. When I seen them playing preseason, so I know it's only preseason. You know, it looked pretty good. His schemes, were, you know, looked like they were executing pretty good. But um, I don't know. I, I 
speculate. Uh, I'm nervous about Gates because who knows what he's going to be. He didn't really succeed over in uh, in Miami with uh, you know Rose. I mean, um, with uh, oh my gosh. Well, he had the only thing he had was Jay Cutler and Tannehill, so you have to give him the benefit of the doubt yeah. here. Now he has a, now he has Sam Darnold, who was the most highly touted quarterback going into his respective draft. I don't think he was even supposed to be number three coming off the board. Uh, Giants could have taken him second. The Browns could have taken him first, but the Browns took a shot in the dark for Baker Mayfield. And you know, at the end of the day, Sam Darnold probably was going to be the first round pick if all things you know came together. But you know, things change when the draft night comes. And now Adam Gase has a new new toy to play with, and that's Sam Darnold. I think I think now is put up or shut up time for him because, yes, you have your excuses. You have Jay Cutler, who you, who you play with, and you had to bring out of retirement to help your team. And you have to work with guys like Ryan Tannehill, who's injured, who's had torn ACLs, and now he's not even on the team anymore. And, you know, they didn't even get Josh Rose until the next year, and now they have Ryan Fitzpatrick. Their quarterback issues are... Far beyond anything, but now he has Sam Darnold. There's really no excuse for him this time. So you have to give him the benefit here. When he was with the Bears, he worked with Jay Cutler over there, and he wasn't too bad. So I feel like now, since he has the keys to the car, you know that he's gonna the, the, being the franchise um, and you know driving it to the promised land. I feel like there should be no excuses if all things go wrong here. Uh, yeah, I, I have to agree with that, but we'll see. I mean, like like. Like you were saying, you know, he he has has guys that were able to you know help whether his quarterback himself succeed this year. But um, I mean, San Darnold did play well last year, even though it was under um, uh, Bulls. Um, we'll, we'll see what's going to happen. You know, like you said, give him the benefit of the doubt. I mean, this team is good enough to 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 compete with the Patriots. Who knows if it'll be enough? But um, they definitely have enough firepower. The only thing I'm really worried about. On the offensive side of the ball for the for the New York Jets is definitely the receiving core. I like that they picked up Jamison Crowder from uh, the Redskins. That was a good pickup. He's a good slot guy. He has good hands. He's fast. But the only guys I'm really worried about is Kinsey Nunwa. He's been hurt the, the past two seasons. He's been in the NFL. And Robbie Anderson, you know, he's inconsistent. He he's getting hurt as, as well. They don't really have that that standout receiver that a lot of teams have. But, I feel know, like we'll he's going to have it eventually, though. I feel like eventually they're going to invest fully in wide receiver form, and they got time. So if this is the guys they need to work with right now, um, I feel like if he gets accumulated to names that aren't the biggest in the world, like the Odells and the Julio Jones and the Antonio Browns of the world, and he could perform well with these guys, you give him a solid weapon, I think he'll be all right. So I think eventually they're going to give him oh, one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And then and then going on with, with Le'Veon Bell. I mean, Le'Veon Bell, he's, he's prolific running back. Come on. He's 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 the top three best running backs in the league, you know. Even though he missed a year last year, I think that that came to his benefit. You know, he deserved to get paid. Pittsburgh didn't want to pay him. All right, he left. He took his year off. He's coming back. He's going to play with the Giants, and I think they play each other this year, if I'm not mistaken. And he's going to show what he's he, he can why he's worth the much money he's being paid. Um, yeah. Uh, for the Jets, I feel that that they're, they're going to have a pretty good season. I mean, the schedule. The schedule is. is it doesn't look too bad, bro. Little, it doesn't look too bad. It, it doesn't look. It, it doesn't look too bad, but there's a lot of games on there that's like, they're scratchers. You don't really know what's gonna happen. I mean, they should clean up in this division. Besides with the Patriots. Patriots that's the teams, games I they have to win the most. That's the games they have to win the most. Is the division. They, they have, have to, to at least. They have to at least. They have to at least split with the with the Patriots. At least they can't. They can't lose two. Um, but um, I mean, we'll see. I mean, 
I, like you said, on paper, they, they, they look pretty good on the side of the ball, but, you know, we'll see what happens. And then also uh, with the tight end situation, I feel like the Jets have never really had that tight end, like that, that prolific tight end. You know, I can't – I don't remember the last time they had a tight end that was really, really, you know, an offensive uh, juggernaut, you know, like a, a Gronkowski really. or even like a, like a Shockey-type-esque player, you know. But, you know. We'll yeah, I don't, what, remember uh, the, I don't remember we'll the last time what, they had one either, man. I, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Hernandez has, 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 has good potential, but, you know, he's already on the – you know, suspended the before the, before the season starts. That's that's not a good look. Like I know, what like what an idiot. Like come on, man. These guys are getting paid you. millions of dollars. You just yeah. not do drugs. You just not to do drugs. You're gonna get paid millions. Like come on, man. You know, it's more simple than than these players make it seem to be. But you know. Yeah, so as you as you mentioned, the schedule coming into this year doesn't look too bad. They start off the season going up against the Bills on um, September eighth. Week two, they jump into the Browns, who last year. Um, they lost to because that's the that was the Browns come up, but now they're 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 def- they built off their defense. They signed a lot of players, so they should be well prepared for what's to come. They go into the Patriots week three, Eagles week four, Cowboys week five, uh, Pats again week six, uh, Jags week seven, Dolphins week eight. They, then they jump into the Giants week nine. Um, so that should be interesting because we haven't seen those two teams go mm-hmm. off against each other in a regular season game, other than postseason, other than uh, preseason. Excuse me. Well, well, and, um, yeah. last time they last time they played, it was actually a really good game. I was actually there. You know, the Giants were actually winning um, towards the end of the game, and then the Jets tied it, and then they went to overtime. The Giants hit, missed the field goal, and the Jets came down and hit the game winner, and it was a disgrace. But you know, that's been a typical Giant football past five, four years. So you know, it is what it is. Yeah, and then but, um, they jump into. Uh, the Redskins week 10, Raiders week 11. We don't know how they're going to perform, but their offense is mm-hmm. a pretty solid, especially receiver-wise. Again, yeah. they have Antonio Brown over there. But then they have the Bengals yeah. after that, followed by the Dolphins, and then Ravens, who are going to be a tough game. That's week 14. Um, and then the Steelers week 15, and then they end off with a division game with the Bills week 16. So, again, not too bad. Yeah. There's a lot of games they can no, lose. It's, it's, the, it's their – it's their year to lose. I feel like a lot of these teams you can get a hold, you get a good yeah. hold of. The Patriots don't have the most amazing defense in the world. Again, they're good on paper, but whenever they go up against the Patriots and the, again with the again uh, with the Patriots going up against the Jets too, and vice versa, you don't know how it's going to perform because it's always going to be a cl- it's always a close game between those two. I feel like the Jets just have the Patriots number, and sometimes they mm-hmm. they fall short, but they have now they have that extra potential to beat them this year. So. Yeah, it's true. I mean, like last year, they didn't have a running back. They had Matt Forte, an old Matt Forte. You know, what's that really going to do? For yeah, they had, they had Powell and McGuire, and they had Isaiah yeah. Crowell. Yeah, I mean, they're pretty loaded. Yeah, Isaiah Crowell, now he's not there. Crowell. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you're right. I mean, looking at their looking at the schedule right now, it's very fable to the very fable for them. You know, I, I I'm not. I'm not very high on the Raiders. I'm Bengals. I'm not very high on, especially AJ Green. Got me going for a while. Dolphins are just horrible. I mean, they pick up they pick up Rosen. You know, this guy was year three in the league or year two. It's year Whatever two, it and not, he, his first year, year was two, with the team that started. he didn't last with. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And he's not going to start in, in Miami either. You know, you got Fitzpatrick playing better than him. You know, we'll see what's going on there. And then you got the Giants. Who knows what the Giants are going to be? You know, they, they have a little bit of a revamp offensive line. You know, they got some guys who are going to be out for a little bit. But, you know, we'll see. And then Jaguars, you know, who knows what Nick Foles is going to be? You know, there's a lot of question marks for the teams that they're playing. 
you know, especially with the Cowboys too. Eagles, you know, who knows what once is going to be, you know, who's, who knows if he can even stay on the field. Um, but I mean, you're right. Like their their schedule is very favorable. I mean, they should definitely win at least ten games, nine to ten games, in my opinion. You know, like I said, they should clean out the division besides split with the Patriots. So, you know, they're looking like they're in good shape. Literally, like you mentioned before, the only reason I'm very high on the Jets coming into this year is because every single team that you mentioned, you had you had at least one question mark somewhere. There's never like a for sure team that's 100. percent Oh, this is chalked up. Like you know, when the Browns were 0 and 16 each and every year, like like they went that 1 and 15 year and then 0 and 16. Um, you were kind of like, oh, that game is chalk. That game is chalk. That's that's who's winning. Jets are going up against the Browns. Take the Jets. This this year, it's kind of yeah. like. Every team they go up against, it's really questionable. Again, like you see the Jaguars on yeah. there. Last year they were five and eleven on an easy schedule. The Bengals have a new head coach. You have the Patriots, who you know, like we mentioned before, on the defensive side of the ball, they're not as great as they should be, and a bunch of other question marks. Again, you said the Raiders. We we don't even know what's going to happen with them. We don't know how they're going to perform because it's yeah. basically a whole new team. So, again, it's their division yeah. to lose as long as they the only their only focus should be the Patriots, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Uh, I mean, I can see them going and making the wild card, you know. I can definitely see it. I mean, yeah, like I said, I'm looking at this division again. Like, it is, like there's a lot of, like, second-guessing. Like, there's not, like, a definite loss. I don't see a definite loss for the Jets. So, a lot of these games are going to be competitive for them. You know, as long as they don't make any crucial mistakes, you know, keep off the penalties and everything, they, they, they should win a lot of games. I hate to say it as a Giant fan, but, you know. You got to keep it real, you know? So last so. thing I'll mention on their offense, and I'll let you add on to anything I have to say or whatever you have to say about their offense because I really want to get into their defensive side of the ball, which I'm very excited for. But you mentioned Le'Veon Bell. He's a stud. He's a top running back in the league when he's playing. I think his time off was good for him, but a lot of people in the media and a lot of people are giving the narrative that, you know, we're really forgetting who, you know, Le'Veon Bell is. People think, you know – He's not playing in the preseason. Adam Gase doesn't want to put him in there in case of injury. He has his money now. His main focus should be to run the ball for the Jets the way you did for um, the Steelers. And, again, you don't, have, you don't have the same offensive line. You don't have the same head coach. It's completely different. But you're the same Le'Veon Bell. I feel like a lot of people forget who this guy is. He is phenomenal. Each and every year he plays. And the way he plays is, you know, is being a patient running back, which is basically what a lot of people say about Le'Veon Bell when they first think of him. Um, this is a this is an offensive line which, you know, we're gonna see him put it together this year. But if we're really gonna see who the real Le'Veon Bell is when you don't have the most amazing offensive line, kind of like Saquon Barkley, and Saquon Barkley still won Rookie of the Year for being phenomenal and being great. I think Le'Veon Bell has that same characteristic as Saquon, and he's been in the league for a very long time, so he knows exactly how to adjust to these type of things. Do you think him having that year off and sitting out was a good thing for him to get in shape and? you know, come back stronger? Or do you think him sitting out is going to make him rusty and not being able to play in the preseason um, is a bad thing? How do you think he's going to perform this year? I think he's going to ball out, in my opinion. He's, he's going to go off. He's going, to, he's going to show the whole NFL community on why he's one of the best running backs in this league. You know, he's, he, he can catch the ball in the backfield. He, can, he, can, he, he finds holes. He's, he's probably the most patient guy I've ever seen on the ball in my, in my time watching football. He, he literally just stand there and wait for a hole to develop and then, and then just burst right through it. You know, he's, he's, he's such an a smart person that he's able to, you know, be able to find these holes and everything. So by him stay, uh, staying out a year, 
I think it had nothing to do with it. Did you see this guy gain any weight? Did you hear about him, you know, anything bad off the field? No, he just wanted to get paid because he deserves to get the pay the money. And now that he's found a home and he's, he's, he's just protecting the Jets and himself, you know, why play in these meaningless games and then, um, you know, something tweaks and something happens, you know? You know, he's better off just chilling on the sideline, letting these games go by, and wait for the real season to start. Because I'm, I'm not even a big fan of all these preseason games. Four games is way too many. If you cut that in half, we'll be way good to go. I think but that's probably going to be the plan in the season. future. I think they're going to cut down games for uh, the preseason. Probably yeah, at they some definitely point. need to. Because you, especially if they want to add games to the schedule, which is probably never going to happen, adding four preseason games and then more games in the, in the regular season is just not smart. So, you know, you you got to pick one or the other. We got to think. But, um, you got to think about like it this said, way too, and I, I, we can move on from this after, unless you have something else to say. But I talked to Stephen Strom last uh, a couple days ago, or at least a week ago, and that episode's out right now. It's the NFC North preview um, with with Talk North Stephen Strom. He said that you know the the thing with the NFL is there is no you know double A, triple A. There is no G League. There is no development league for the NFL, and that was the AAF before they folded because a lot of AAF guys. We're getting signed to the NFL now, so that did benefit them, but they're not getting as much help as they should. So th- come to think about it, the preseason is pretty much putting your second and third strings in, which is pretty much what the preseason is, like like we all know. But they think about this, there is no such thing as a developmental part of the league where you could send down players, bring back up players. You pretty much have a practice squad, and that's not enough reps for those guys. So that that's that's pretty much what his opinion was, and I agree with it. But I think they're going to cut it down, but it's going to take a while because, again, they don't have any developmental league for these guys to come up and, you know, get some reps for with with, um, with, with like a team that isn't NFL caliber, but it, it's it's bringing you up so you're you're able to perform against guys like that. You know what I mean? So that's what they're kind of going for. Yeah. So, but yeah. I, I understand. Yeah, I understand that. And in a way, I agree, too. I mean, it's... It, as long as the starters, the guys are going to be playing every day, not are not you know risking their 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 careers or even you know whatever on these meaningless preseason games, I'm okay with it. Having these second, third string guys prove what they have and trying to make these rosters, uh, it's it's smart. But you know, I have another league that's that, you know it's probably gonna be something like a league that's coming around very soon, which is the XFL. So XFL. They just announced their teams, bit. bro. Just announced their teams. You saw yeah, that? Yeah, I heard. I think it's crazy. Yeah, quite. Uh, was me New York. Guardians or something like that. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. I they're mean, I they're think, playing at MetLife. I think the XFL. Yeah, I know it's gonna be exciting. I'll probably go to a couple games. I mean, I think the XFL and Missing Man are doing it right. I mean, they took time time off this time to really plan it out and take time to set everything up instead of blowing right through it like they did the first time. So I think that that'll, you know. And they actually have someone to fund it in Vince McMahon. The AAF didn't have anyone to fund yeah, anything. And that guy and and, that, and yeah, and that guy's got some money. So. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, any yeah. last things you want to mention on the Jets offense? Because, yes, that's all we talked about so far. It's the Jets offense. We have a lot to get into into the Jets defense. Anything else you need to add on that offense before we move on? All, all I know is, is that as long as Sammy D does his thing this year, they'll, they'll succeed. If anything happens to him or he has a down year, you know, you can call the Jets season, you know, you know, done Because, you know, without him, even though, you know, Football is not a one-man sport. Quarterback is very important, and he he has a high potential. So, we'll yeah, man. See what Sammy D is going to do this year? Yeah, man, I agree. Uh, let's jump into their right. defense here again. They had a lot of have, have a lot of new faces coming into here. 
But uh, I'll start from top to bottom on their depth chart here. They have Henry Anderson at left defensive end. Nose tackle, their uh, uh, first-round pick, uh, third overall, Quinn and Williams. They have Leonard Williams at uh, defensive end, who's solid. Um, they have uh, Jordan Jenkins at um, outside linebacker. They got C.J. Mosley at inside linebacker. Avery Wilson, Williamson, who won't be playing this year because he is now in the injured reserve, um, but uh, definitely a big loss for those guys. Uh, they have Brandon Copeland at uh, off outside linebacker, but unfortunately he is suspended. Uh, but they have Jamal Adams who's coming back, and he is pretty much the face of their franchise right now, at least defensively, because, again, you have guys coming up um, on the offensive side of the ball like Le'Veon Bell and Sam Darnold. But Jamal Adams was there for the complete rebuild, and now he's here for the success. And uh, they also have Trumaine Johnson, who they signed to that big deal. Brian Poole signed with them um, coming um, – uh, coming from from Atlanta, and now he's with them now uh, at their defensive uh, side of the ball. Anything else uh, that I'm missing here, other than what I'm seeing on paper, do you have any questions about? Do you think this is a solid defensive front here that can perform against other teams to help their offense, or is there something questionable here that you're not too sure about coming into this year? What do you think? Um, I think their D-line is going to be <laughs> – Gonna be something to mess with, you know. Yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a rough time for whoever whoever's playing because that that line is is ridiculous with both with both Williams and then and then you got you know two stud linebackers. You it's gonna be it's gonna be scary. But the only thing I'm really worried about, I'm worried about their corners because they're a little sketchy to me, especially what uh what I've been what I've been reading up on and everything that in camp. They're saying that the corners are not very good. Um, that's the only thing I'm really worried about. But, I mean, overall, the, the Jets D is looking really good. You know, I love Jamal Adams. I love the, the swagger he brings to the team and how he's, he, he's become that, 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 um, that real, like, you know, that guy, that guy to come to on the defensive side of the ball. So, it's really exciting to see. I mean, both sides of their ball, both sides of the football for, for the Jets are looking pretty good. It's just a matter of can they execute, you know. A lot of these guys haven't been playing together you know, for years, so we'll see what happens. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the only thing I'm really worried about, like I said, is the, the corners. Yeah, man, I feel you. What do you think about their defensive line now? Because now you got the Williams brothers, Quinnen and Leonard. Uh, Quinnen's coming in, mm -hmm. and he's a pretty much a fan favorite every time he has an interview. He, ha he has always something funny to say that's really not intentional. He's just a kid look like having fun playing football, and I think uh, he's going to be a future you know, multi-time pro bowler. Leonard Williams can be solid as long as he stays healthy and um, he performs the way he does. I think those two are going to complement each other very well. Uh, C.J. Mosley, who they signed on that massive deal, um, he set a new market for linebackers, giving Bobby Wagner his deal and uh, other guys around the league like Jalen Smith, like we mentioned before. Uh, Trumaine Johnson signed that massive deal um, with uh, the Jets uh, after coming out after coming out of the Rams, but. Def like defensive line wise, do you think these guys are gonna be able to hold up? Um, you know, their their offense, their offensive fronts, and really put a halt there and add some pressure. Do you think that is, is that's gonna yeah. happen? Yes, definitely, hundred percent. Um, their defense line is really good. Uh, I mean, I don't see any issues with it at all. Do you see any issues with it? I don't. I but Leonard Leonard Williams I, does I, scare me just a little bit. But like I mentioned before, why that's just injuries? That's just injuries. Yeah, 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 yeah. About, Just injuries. I mean, that's a, that's a lot of guys you have to worry about. But if if he stays healthy and he stays on the field, 
they're a force to be reckoned with, and it's going to be kind of scary to see their D line. I feel like Quinton Williams is going to add a different dynamic to these guys, to to these guys defensively, mm-hmm. because again, CJ Mosley, it's just a lot of youth. Yeah, CJ Mosley isn't the biggest talker, but he is a phenomenal player, and that's why he has his money. So again, those linebackers and those you know d- uh, defensive linemen, I think they're going to go hand in hand with each other and really help each other out and actually add some pressure. Um, because the Jets defensively over the past couple years have been, you know, so-and-so. They haven't been the most amazing, but I feel like, you know, bringing Jamal Adams in and rebuilding from scratch, I think having him out there too, um, it, the, these guys are just going to be able to perform with each other. Um, I, I don't see any negatives here other than that, you know, these guys could stay healthy and, you know, do their thing out there. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, I mean, there's not much to say besides that. As long as the chemistry is there, and as long as everybody stays healthy, this defense should be good. This, this defense should, should, you know, perform very well. Yeah, and they're I mean, they're paying all that money they, for these they, guys they, to come in and perform. So we, they really don't have. They have a tight window to really succeed defensively. And I think having Greg Williams as their, you know, defensive coordinator again, uh, he was the hard knocks, you know, celebrity and star of the show when he was over there. And then he comes over to the Jets. I really like him a lot. And I don't know if you heard this story. And I heard this uh, from Don LaGreca, so you may have heard this. But he said that apparently when Greg Williams first came in and Jamal Adams was going up to say hi to him or they first met each other, Greg Greg Williams was just like, listen, I've coached better than you. So I've coached way better than you. And as phenomenal as Jamal Adams is being a pro bowler and he hasn't even played that long and his grit and his great personality – um, he's pretty much showing him like, hey, I've, I've coached better than you. So if you want to walk around and, you know, show off that you're a phenomenal player and, you know, give that give yourself that narrative. I've coached better than you. Humble yourself and uh, you will be the best uh, in this league eventually, especially under Greg Williams. I think that's a phenomenal story. Do you think Greg Williams will add that grit? Because he is he's that type of football coach that you have on the team that like you're, you'll, you'll probably have a couple coaches like joke around with you every once in a while. But Greg Williams isn't going to mess around. He's going to, you know, dive deep and really put these guys out there and perform the way they should be. This is Brew Crime, a craft beer and true crime podcast. I'm Mike. I'm Beck. And I'm Nina. And we're your hosts. We pair a true crime story with a craft beer that Nina will probably hate. Yeah, probably. Whatever. You can find our show on all your favorite podcast apps, and if you can't find it, contact us, and we'll try and change that. We can be found at brewcrime.com, or on Twitter at brewcrime, on Facebook at brewcrime, or if you want to go to our group, it's group slash brewcrime on Facebook, or on Instagram at Pacific Beer Chat. Join us as we discuss the horrible crimes that surround us and try not to giggle. I mean, uh, I love that. I love that story. I mean, put him in his place, you know. A lot of these guys have huge egos, and they think that, like, you know, nobody could touch them. But, you know, you get back to reality. Once you get complacent like that and you start acting like you you, you're, you run the place, then that's when, you know, your performance lacks. So for, for Greg Williams to put him in his place, you know, this, this dead defense is, is going to be something to mess with and it's going to be scary. He's a phenomenal but, you know, defensive coach, and he was great when he was yeah. with, with the Browns because – you know the what, what I saw in Hard Knocks is like that's a coach I want to play for because he's not messing around. He really wants yeah. to, he really wants you guys to perform. Like he's looking for the best out of you, but at the same time he's gonna make you feel like you are not the best player in the world, so that you'll work even harder to get to that point. So I, that's why I like him a lot. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, I mean, that's what you need. You need somebody to push you. You know, if you don't have somebody to push you, then, like I said, you're going to get complacent. So it was a good pickup by the Giants. I mean, the Jets to, uh, to get Greg Williams. So let's jump into a different team now. Is there anything else you needed to add for this defense uh, before we move on here? Nothing. I mean, like I said, just stay healthy, and they're going to perform. All right. So let's jump into the Miami Dolphins here for a second. A very, very strange team coming into this year because they're going to get a new head coach, and now they bring in another coach that has seen success on the Patriots, now becoming a head coach. They did this with Mike Vrabel. They did this with Matt Patricia, who's the coach of the Lions, and now they have Brian Flores, who is the head coach of uh, the Dolphins. All of them were once uh, – coaches for the Patriots like I mentioned before and he's a defensive minded coach but he made some moves over there at quarterback again before they even traded for Josh Rosen or had Fitzpatrick on the team they had their second and third and fourth string guys on their depth chart as a one two and three but they signed Ryan Fitzpatrick to a, um, a pretty small deal again he's a he's a grizzled vet he's pretty solid he plays solid because he doesn't care how he performs like and that's a good thing because if he's throwing interception he's not going to get rattled but you if you have a guy like Josh Rosen who was pretty much getting torched uh, for his whole rookie year because his offensive line was one of the worst in the league. If you put him out there automatically with the Miami Dolphins, he's going to be, you know, he's going to get frazzled when the second he throws an interception that he's not going to be able to come back from that. Ryan Fitzpatrick, however, he went into the first three games of the season throwing 400 yards and like three touchdowns each and every game. He was already being considered like an MVP candidate just kind of as a joke because we weren't sure how he was going to perform later on in the season. He comes over to the Dolphins. You put a guy in there like that. I feel like they're making the right choice here, putting Fitzpatrick at the starting quarterback. What do you think, and when should we first see Josh Rosen take the field as the Dolphins starter? Um, <laughs> I think it's a good move. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, he's he's your typical uh, journeyman. He's been all over the place. I think he's played like almost like 12, 15 teams. You know, um, yeah, he's he, been around. I mean, like like yeah, he's been he's been around. So like I said, like I said, he, he's he's gonna perform. He's gonna put up decent numbers. He's probably gonna throw a lot of picks. Um, when we should see Josh Rosen? I don't I don't know. I mean, uh, I don't really even believe in this kid to be honest with you. Um, you know, he hasn't really shown shown me anything. I know he's still new in the league, so it's too really early to say. You know, I don't want to get too you know extravagant over the top, but you know, I mean, if he's not starting over over Ryan Fitzpatrick right now, you know. Obviously, he's very raw and not ready yet. Um, I mean, this offensive line that the Dolphins have should be a little bit better. I think if anything, it's better than, than that that horrific Cardinals offensive line he had last year. But uh, do we see Josh Rosen this year? I yeah, we definitely do. I mean, they're not going to be good this year. They're going to be horrible. Um, so the matter it's the matter of when you're going to see him, not if. You're definitely going to see him. Is he going to perform well? I don't know. So do you think uh, by mid-season or like week 16 when they're just putting out whoever because they're not going to make the playoffs? <laughs> it's tough to predict. I would say I would say earlier in the season, I'd say before before week before I would say before week 8, before halfway through the, through the year we see him. Wow. Before week I can't, 8. I I don't see if it, I don't yeah, I don't see if it's Patrick um performing that well. I mean if you, I'm looking at this depth chart right now. Like half of these guys, I've never even heard of. You know, a lot of these guys are young. I mean, you know, they have like you still have Devontae Parker, which is a very good uh, tool. They still have um, Kenny Stills, which is a good deep threat. But overall, I mean, they just don't have the firepower 
to to help out Fitzpatrick, you know, compared to these other teams in their division. I mean, Fitzpatrick made guys like Chris Godwin and Deshaun Jackson, who's been in the league for a while, actually perform pretty well. And I would say those names are a lot better than what we're seeing here. But again, Devontae Parker, brand new head coach. He had issues with Adam Gase last year where his agent even came out and said he was healthy, but he just wasn't playing him. So I feel like now this is he was solid in college he was amazing in college now coming into the pros we really not seeing the Devonte parker we saw when he was in college but now he's got brian flores ryan fitzpatrick who will throw to literally whoever and i feel like if he's going to do that it would be Devonte parker and i feel like he's going to get a solid year out of him same thing with kenny stills you're not going to get the firepower you want again there's no number one wide receiver like unanimously but ryan fitzpatrick's been playing with that his whole career he's never really had a solid wide receiver he's a journeyman so he's been around the league he knows exactly how to work with guys like this i feel like that's it's not the end of the world for these guys if anything ryan fitzpatrick tossing the ball you know chucking it through the air all the way to the other side of the field without a care in the world i think that's a match made in heaven if you would say, if for these guys and if they don't take advantage of that i think that's their loss cuz ryan fitzpatrick uh i don't know when he first signed with the dolphins i'm like that is not a bad signing not at all and that was even before they got rosen so yeah, I mean, I have nothing against Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think he's a great guy. I think he's he's a smart individual. I mean, I'm, I believe didn't he go to Harvard? Harvard. Or Harvard. My, my, yep. He went to Harvard, right? Yeah. So he's just, he's not a he's not a a dumb person. You know, he has intellect. He he knows how to play the game of football. It's just a matter of of like you said, he just doesn't have a care in the world, which is not necessarily a bad thing because it's good to you know brush off that those mistakes you do make. But we gotta face down reality. He's He's a journeyman for a reason, you know. He 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 hasn't had that cons- consistent success to really be a number one QB in this league. So, with my crazy prediction saying he's gonna he's gonna be gone before week eight, it doesn't sound as as, as crazy as some may think, you know. Because at the end of the day, this team is I, I hate to say it, they're not gonna be that good. I mean, they're just the I mean. They're playing. They're playing the the the, AFC, uh, the NFC East this year. You know, a lot of those teams, even though the NFC East isn't isn't that strong either. You know, a lot of those teams are still better than the Dolphins. It's funny that you, you mentioned know, uh, Josh Rosen a second ago, and I want to get into him for a second because this guy has had what a journey he's had so far in this league, and it looks like it's going to be continuing. Because I'll get to the I'll get to yeah. all that in a second, but I just wanted to preface this by saying, you know, Josh Rosen came from a team where Steve Wilkes, who isn't a great head coach, as we've seen, and, you know, he's I think he's more defensive minded from what from what I know of his what is about his career, but they had an awful, awful offensive line. Um they threw him out into into the trenches like like without any protection. So obviously he's gonna be, you know, just torched all year, which he has been. Um, so you haven't seen anything good out of him because of what he has to deal with, but coming into the Miami Dolphins, I don't think I think this is where his home is going to be for the remainder of his career. To be honest with you, when the Giants first drafted Saquon Barkley, uh, I knew immediately that's the pick I wanted because I really wanted a running game. We haven't seen that in a very long time. And the fact that they went out after that, the Giants, and signed a couple offensive linemen like Solder, they draft a, a first-round talent um, in Will Hernandez who is – drafted in the second round, so things are piecing together for him, and I think Saquon Barkley was a great fit for him to be picked second overall, but if he wasn't going to be picked second overall, I think Josh Rosen would have been a phenomenal pick, and I think even Darnold would have been a phenomenal pick, because again, Josh Rosen was a phenomenal college talent, and I think we're just seeing the side of him that, you know, that 
we're only seeing because of what he has to deal with. You have to play with the cards you've been dealt, and you know he only spent one season with the Cardinals, but now he's with the Dolphins and a new head coach, and he gets to get along with you know Josh Rosen, who I would even, it's, a, it's his second year, but it's basically his rookie year because he, he didn't have much to work with, like I mentioned before. But I, I like Josh Rosen. Um, I think he's got he's got something in the tank. He just hasn't released it yet. You know what I mean? I, I think the Dolphins are gonna are a good fit for him, but. Before I let you talk about Rosen for a second, because I know you're not crazy about him, this might not be the end of his journey because, like I mentioned before, I th- I personally think he's going to be a Dolphin for the remainder of his career. But think about this next. If Fitzpatrick doesn't perform, Rosen doesn't perform, if we see him by week seven, week eight, like, we, like you mentioned before, and they're not performing, and Brian Flores is only his first year, he has, you know, he's going to be a high, he's going to have a high draft pick going into that next year. They have people like Tua, who are coming out, and you have Jake Fromm coming out. There's an it's it's gonna be a wide it's gonna be a quarterback draft this this year coming. I mean next year, and so if they're up there in the picks, do you think they'll pull a like a Cliff Kingsbury and then draft like Tua, and then they're gonna have to trade Josh Rosen again? Do you think that's a possibility of happening? Oh man, that's a great question. Ah, uh, I mean. If, if if Rosen doesn't show any promise this year, and he just sh- and he's just uh, a crap of a quarterback, and he's just not showing anything, I could see it happen. Yeah, definitely. I mean, why take up that chance? You know, two is a crazy talent coming out of Alabama. I mean, Nick Saban and those boys. You know, you know he's been trained well. You know he's been, you know, you know ready to go for 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 to be an NFL player. Um, if that case comes to fruition. That's the worst. He's a truly a, a victim of circumstance. If that happens, that would be yeah. That's like so worst, weird. That's like worst case scenario. Like oh, that's yeah. worst case scenario. Like if you really don't like this guy and you really don't believe in him, you better hope to God two ends up being something, and you better build something around him because if not, I don't know. Because two can run the ball and he can move, but with these these DNs and these linemen, they're fast, dude. They're, they're nothing like college ball, man. Yeah, I got you. I, I even I was telling my buddies. I was telling my buddies like months ago. I'm like, I even said it on this podcast a lot a long time ago. I'm like, if this happens again to Josh Rosen, they draft Tua. Brian Flores goes Tua, and he's like, Josh Rosen, see you later. We're throwing Tua out there, and he's gonna he's gonna perform for us. I think they're gonna like trade him to the Bengals or something, and he's gonna be the backup for Andy Dalton. And it's gonna be like the same thing again, and maybe that'll be his place. He's gonna, but he's gonna be like an AJ. Crazy. He'll be like an AJ McCarron. Yeah, that's crazy though. But even AJ McCarron, McCarron wasn't even a first round pick. We're talking like this guy was supposed to be first round top th- probably top three. Yeah, if the Giants took a took a quarterback yeah. second like that second pick in the draft, he would have been top three. Mm. Yeah, he would have. Right. But he was picked. He was picked tenth. He, he didn't pick up Rogan. Yeah. yeah, but uh, we have a lot uh, more to cover for the Dolphins here. Any any last thing you want to add, real quick? Um, no, I think that's it. Yeah, weird, weird quarterback situation here, but let's move on it, to their backfield. Very, very... Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. No, you're good. Uh, sorry about that. But we have Kenyon Drake in the backfield, who each and every year is supposed to be considered the number the number one running back, but he is. I mean, sometimes he's unhealthy and he just doesn't get the amount of work he should be getting. I feel like Adam Gase just didn't want to give him the ball as much as he wanted to. He was very reluctant to do so. But now you have Brian Flores. Um, you know, who could who could possibly put much more work with him? But I've been hearing some bad things about Kenyon Drake this preseason, man. I've been hearing in training camp that um, their second string running back, Kalen uh, B- Kalen Balaj or Balaje, I don't know how you pronounce it, is getting a lot of the first team reps, 
And uh, he was from Arizona State. He was drafted in 2018 in the fourth round, 130, 131st pick overall in the draft. He's only 23 years old. Um, and he's been getting a lot of the first-team refs, bro. And they just got rid of Frank Gore, who had a Frank Gore season last year, where if you, if you give him the ball, he'll, he'll do exactly what you want him to do. And he was a grizzled vet. Now you have two of these young guys. Do you think Kenyon Drake – do you think that this isn't gonna this isn't gonna be the narrative going into the Dolphins um, season this year? Are they going to be playing Kenyon Drake this year, or do you think Kalen Balaj or Balaje, I don't know how you pronounce it, is going to somehow steal that starting role and just find his way in there? Um, my opinion, I mean, it's 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 a coin toss. I mean, whoever's gonna perform, you know, we'll see what happens in in the rest of these preseason games and and, and going forward. I mean. Uh, Brian Flores is a new coach. You know, he's got his own mindset on what he feels, who's performing and who's not. He's not going to take what Adam Gase, anything that Adam Gase did or, or, or had done in consideration. So, in my opinion, it's whoever's performing best. I would say Kenyon Drake's going to start uh, week one. But who knows? And a lot of things can change. You know what I mean? Like you were saying, this Kalen Balaj kid, you know, he's, he's showing up in camp and he's getting most of the first team reps. You know, they don't just do that for no reason. But in my opinion, based on what I've seen Kenyon Drake do, I would start Kenyon Drake week one, getting the predominant of the reps. But, you know, at the end of the day, who's going to perform? You know, if, I'll give you a good example. Back in, in Pittsburgh, you know, even though Le'Veon Bell wasn't playing, you know, James Conner got that opportunity to play, and look what he did. He, he would have known that he was going to go off like that the way he did, you know, so. Yeah, I got you. Um, but with – you know, Kenyon Drake, I there's so much potential with this guy, and we've seen him come out and play like an actual running back one, and is there no like a no decision, this is our guy moving forward, and they just haven't really given given him that chance that he should be getting. Like if you give this if you give this guy the ball fifteen to seventeen times, watch what he does. You know, you can work with him in the passing game if you want, but he's a ground and pound running back. I think he's gonna he's a great running back with great potential. But we're going to have to see what Chad O'Shea does. He's our offensive coordinator, and uh, well, I, I'm not too familiar with his whole career, uh, but we're going to have to see what he does with him. And I think he, he really has to take you know notice that, like I mentioned before, he ha you have the talent right here. He may not be a first-round draft choice. He's not a second-round draft choice. But your guy's here. You found a diamond in the rough. Why don't you use him, you know? Yeah. I mean, you got to think about it. I mean, when they traded J.J. away – they did this to set the platform for Drake. So I, I didn't understand what the whole scheme was. I know Jay was injury prone or whatever, but I mean, if you're getting rid of what your, your top running backs to, to have this guy start, I mean, what are you doing? I mean, is, is, it, is there something we don't see in this guy that, that they see? You know, it's their, it's their name to be seen. And again, like I mentioned we'll before, he's not getting the first team reps. So I guess there is something behind closed doors that we're not seeing, but I, I know this guy could perform. We've seen him do it. You just got to give him the opportunity. Yeah, I mean, he's still young. He's only 25 years old. He's got, he's got a long career ahead of him still. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, like I said, week one, we'll find out what's going down over there. Should something will come out. So we briefly talked about their wide receiver core before, um, and Kenny Stills, Devontae Parker, and Albert Wilson. They also have Alan Hearns who signed a one-year deal coming off that broken leg with uh, Dallas. Um, they have Jakeem Grant, who they just signed a four-year deal to, I think around $20 million over those four years. So, And then they have Preston Williams, who is uh, their young wide receiver, who I've been seeing a lot of videos from. Apparently, he's getting a lot of first-team reps. Apparently, he's really good at route running. Um, he's a rookie. Um, he was there. You know, 
uh, I don't I don't know where he was drafted in the draft. I'm not too sure from what I'm looking here. I'm not getting that information coming up, but apparently he's been performing really well. I think he may have even been undrafted from what I know. I think, I think that may have been it. Um, but they have some, de- they have a little bit of depth. They have people to work with. Kenny Stills is a deep threat. Albert Wilson is also a deep threat. Devonte Parker could be your number one. If you give him the ball every once in a while, this isn't a two, this wide receiver group isn't too, too bad. Cause again, these aren't a bunch of rookies and a bunch of people that we haven't seen in a, in a long time. These have been guys who have been Dolphins for a very long time, so they know exactly how to perform in Miami, um, and they need, really need to take the next step, especially Devontae Parker. Kenny Stills, um, we've seen him break out, especially for fantasy leagues. People have been picking him up, if, especially because he's a deep threat. So if he gets that ball downfield, scores a touchdown, he's giving you 14 points. That's how you're able to kind of dictate how – how big of a weapon he is. So Preston Williams performed the way performs the way he's performing in the preseason. And Alan Hearns comes back from that injury. Again, he wasn't a bad wide receiver in Jacksonville. When it came to the Cowboys, they didn't know really how to use their wide receivers. They even had to trade their first round pick uh, to the Raiders in order to get um, uh, a wide receiver. Mark Cooper. Yeah, Mari Cooper. I don't know why I always forget his name. He was on, literally on my fantasy team not too long ago. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, um, but yeah, I, I don't. I, this wide receiver group isn't the worst in the world. It definitely could be worse. But they have people on here that have been on the team. They know exactly what to expect. Again, it's a new head coach, so who knows how they're going to accumulate to that. But what do you what do you think of these guys overall? Again, a lot of names that aren't. I, uh, big, I like but, I like their wide receiver core. I love their wide receiver core. To be honest with you, it's just a matter. It's just a matter of, of finding that that right quarterback. I mean, Fitzpatrick might be able to do a job, but you know, I feel like I should see Devontae Parker doing a, have a big year this year. You know, have a step up year. You know, he's finally that guy in Miami. Um, and then and then you got um, Kenny Stills is going to do the same thing with the deep threat. He's not really going to be that guy that catches a lot of balls. He's going to be the guy that catches that one ball and then break out. You know, he's going to be like that. You know, slot type of guy. And then you got uh, uh, Hakeem Grant, you know, same thing with him. I mean, a lot of these guys, they're not really big body besides, I believe, Kenny Stills is a pretty big boy. Um, the rest of these guys are like, you know, between 5'7 and 5'11, you know, not a lot of height, but you got a lot of speed there. So if I if I was uh, Brian Flores and, and their offensive coordinator, you know, a lot of slant patterns and a lot of, a lot of quick and dick and dunks make them succeed because the quicker they can get out the ball – you know, the quicker they can make plays. So, in my opinion, this wide receiving core is looking pretty good. Um, they don't really have a, a, a good tight end, but, you know. They, they have Dwayne Allen that. and Nick O'Leary. Nick O'Leary was on the Bills. Yeah. He's the tight end that wears no gloves. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, and, oh, oh, Clive, who? Nick O'Leary does not wear gloves as a tight end. Nick O'Leary? Yeah. Really? He, he doesn't wear got, gloves. He's probably got bear claws, that's why. <laughs> but I mean with Dwayne Allen, I don't I don't really believe in anything with Dwayne Allen. Dwayne Allen's hurt every every freaking year. It's horrible. So I, I I mean he's he's a good talent when he's healthy, but I guarantee he's probably gonna get hurt sometime in the season during the season. Um But like I said overall, I think this wide receiver course should be do pretty well. It all depends on the quarterback and you know how that offensive line holds up. Yeah, there's not much else I really need to add on their defense, so I'll jump into their defense uh, on their offense. I mean, but we'll jump into the defensive side on the ball right now. Anything else you need to add about their all offense right. overall and what we should be looking looking for out of them, or everything's pretty much out there. Hey, all I know is that you're gonna you're gonna see Josh Rosen, but not sure know, when. Dolphins fans, Dolphins fans, don't be happy. You're probably not gonna be happy with the outcome, so we'll see. 
So uh, defensively, <laughs> defensively for the Dolphins, uh, their defensive end is, is Charles Harris. Their second string is Nate Orchard, and Nate Orchard was a who he was on Hard Knocks. He was a, a star on there too. They were really focusing on his um, come up in uh, the preseason on Hard Knocks, and he wasn't a bad player. Um, he eventually got cut, and he's traveled around a couple. I think like one or two teams before heading over into the Dolphins, but. We should see a lot out of him as long as he keeps consist- consistent. I, I really believe in this guy. If I see him on any roster, I'm pretty much like, that's not a bad pick. So it, he's their second string there. Um, they have Christian Wilkins, who they drafted this year at, um, at defensive tackle. What do you think of this guy? This dude was going to da- dap up Roger Goodell. He jumps, I think, and then he just starts like hugging him as aggressively as he possibly could. Um, he, tra- he pretty much tried jumping into him. So this guy is so excited to be in the NFL, and I love that when I saw that on draft night. Um, do you think this guy has that grit for to give uh, the Dolphins a, very, a defensive edge this year? Yes, of course. I mean, first round pick, you know, round. I mean, first round pick, you know, out of Clemson. I mean, this guy is going to. I think he's going to be a stud. I mean, they didn't pick him number one uh, round pick for for a reason. I mean, let's be real here. And then with Dabo Sweeney and Clemson, you know, you know, he came from a good system and he came from where somewhere where he was able to succeed. Uh, succeed. So, in my opinion, he, he's going to ball out. So. You know, that's one of the the good guys to see on the defensive side of the ball, along with, uh, I know he's a dirty player, but uh, I do like Kiko Alonso a lot. But um, going back to Wilkins, I think he's going to he's gonna have a stud for um, rookie season. And I think it's better for him coming so. into this year because on the Dolphins, again, Brian Flores, defensive coach, so he's really going to be focused on coming into this year. Again, a, a defensive-minded guy is going to prioritize his defense. That's why you draft a guy like Christian Wilkins in the first round. You mentioned Kiko Alonso before. I, I don't think he's the – He's a, he's a pretty solid he's a pretty solid uh pick there but he only spent one season over with the Eagles um I think last year or was he with with the Dolphins last he's, year he's, he's, he's with the Dolphins last oh, year Oh yeah he remember, was in 20, 2016 yeah 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 so he's been around for a little bit he, Yeah he's he, I don't think it was last year or the year before I remember he had the hit on uh, on uh on Flacco On Flacco yeah that was the bad dirty hit, the dirty hit on Flacco yeah, that yeah, was yeah, dirty yeah. yeah that's what I remember him yeah. for more than anything um, but again, he's a, he's a, he's an aggressive defensive linebacker. So, and then who else we got here? Yeah, we got Rashad Jones at at strong safety, Jerome Baker at uh at linebacker as well. Um, and then Xavier Howard can't forget about him. And they got Micah Fitzpatrick at cornerback. Um, these guys are pretty solid. Micah Fitzpatrick was the, I think last year's first round pick, and then Xavier Howard they just signed to a massive extension this year. So. That's the guy you got to lock down. He's a top. He's a top three corner in the league. Maybe even top four, top five. Wherever you place him, I won't disagree with you. But if he's up there, he deserves to be up there. Xavier Howard's is is a very, very, very solid cornerback. Mm, I do agree. I mean, this is one of the the bright sides of their of the defense side of the ball for the Dolphins. Um, but <laughs> the Dolphins always seem to screw everything up. I mean, look at their the D line they had a couple years back with Cameron Wig. You had Dominican Sue for a year. You know, they had a lot of these good players that, that were solid and, and players that could really help this team out, but they ended up letting them go or, you know, they ended up signing with other teams. So if they were smart, they would definitely lock this guy up for a nice contract. But who knows what's going to go down, you know, they're in rebuild mode right now. So Yeah, definitely a pretty solid move. But they start off hot real fast. They go up against the Ravens week one. And uh, Ravens are going to be a very ground-and-pound team. Not sure if this defense has enough – in the tank to hold these guys down because if you're not going to catch Lamar Jackson, he's he's going to show you exactly what he's got, and I think he's going to have a big year on the ground. And they're doing that week one, so 
they're they're starting off hot, and uh, I th- I think I would even chalk that up for the Ravens already, because again, just looking at this defense, not a lot of big names, and they're not going to be throwing the ball. So just throw Xavier Howard in the garbage because they're not going to be tossing it to him at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they got sure. the pa- they have the Patriots go. Patriots week two. And again, for some reason, the Dolphins have their number somehow. I'm not sure if you remember. I think like two years ago, the Jay, Jay Cutler yeah. he he they, he beat them on like Monday Night Football, Thursday Night Football. Don't even remember. I think it was Monday Night Football. Yeah, remember, remember last was it last year where they had the, the Dolphins ran that ball back for a touchdown at the end of the game? It was, yeah, yeah and that was Kenyon Drake. The the miracle that was Kenyon Drake. Yeah, it was Kenyon Drake. Yep. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and they hate Ken- and they hate Kenyon Drake. I don't understand. <laughs> and I know he took you to the promised land it. against the Super Bowl champions. They, I mean, they threw they, they threw Rob Gonkowski at corner for some reason. I think they had uh, not corner. I think they threw him just at safety, just to kind of hang out. They had out him there. Safe, at safety for fun, like for fun, and end up biting them in the in the behind. Yeah, <laughs> and then they jump into the Cowboys mm-hmm. week three, Chargers week four. This is a tough first four weeks because Chargers. Um, we're, we're, yeah, they were competing with uh, the Chiefs last year, and the Chiefs were a, a, an unstoppable force, and uh, they were up there. I think they had the same record going into the postseason and uh, going into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then they have the Redskins. They kind of, I mean, that's going to be a game that you know, whatever team wants it more is going to win that going. exactly. And then they got Week yeah, Six Bills division play. game. Steelers after that Week Seven. Uh, Jets Week Eight. Colts Week Nine. Who I already think is going to be a, a Super Bowl pick for me. Uh, early Super Bowl pick for me. So. That's a tough one. Um, they have the Bills after that. Browns, who are a brand new Browns team. Eagles, Jets, Giants, uh, Bengals, Pats again. So I see a big losing record for the Dolphins for the, for this year. And I mean, I'm not expecting anything crazy oh, coming out of them, but this is a pretty tough schedule. I mean, uh, I mean, I'm sure this. <laughs> I'm sure the Dolphins are thinking the same thing. Come on, let's be real here. I know they're they're going to try to perform in, at the highest level they can, but let's be real here. The schedule is not easy. They're playing a lot of tough teams that are potential Super Bowl contenders. Um, you know, even even when you're playing the week of the NFC East, you know, they're coin flips. You know, with the with the Redskins, for example, you know, that's whoever's going to want it more. They can't even win those easy those easy simple games. Right. You know, I could see them maybe winning four. Five games tops, I'm not, and I'm being nice. You know, that's gonna be a really down year for the Dolphins. You know, so bad for Brian Flores, but you know, what are you gonna do? That's the team you're, you're getting. Yeah, that's so you're being that way. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. So hopefully, can we can. Uh, yeah. Anything else you wanted about, to add on the Dolphins, real quick? No, nothing. I mean, I just need to rebuild, and just, it's gonna be a down year for them. So Dolphin fans, just be ready. You know. As I feel, it, a lot of a lot of. Uh, slogans I hear in other podcasts and a lot of sayings I hear is no quarterback, no hope. And if you have a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick who can hold you up above water, at least for a little bit, if he performs the way he does, um, you have Josh Rosen, who's basically your number one draft choice, even though you were the team that you were the team that traded for him. And he's, you're kind of grooming him behind Ryan Fitzpatrick. And if he sees the field a little bit sure, he, I don't, I still don't think they're going to win with him in there just because of their tough schedule. But as long as you have a quarterback there and you're able to build build around him and build around Xavier Howard, which is looking like what exactly what they're doing, I think they're taking the right step in the right direction. But I think it's baby steps. Then you know they take bigger steps later on. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's jump into the Good Buffalo stuff. Bills for a second. And this team interests me a lot more than the Dolphins, especially with Josh Allen. Josh Allen was another uh, first-round draft choice of last year. He used his legs a lot this year, even though he has a pretty solid arm. He doesn't have a deep threat weapon, so he was forced to use his legs. 
this dude single-handedly beat the Vikings that one week. I'm not sure if you remember that. He, like, torched them. He was, like, running on them each and every play. And he did that for the remainder yeah. of the year against other teams. You really, you really didn't see anything uh, out of LaShawn McCoy last year. Um, but he's looking like he's the going to always be. Always hurt. Always hurt. He's going to be the option coming into this year. You know, their first choice uh, coming into uh, this year, too. But, again, they, they didn't sign Frank Gore for no reason. Again, uh, he's going to help him out. If LaShawn McCoy can't hold him above water, they're going to throw Frank, Frank Gore in there and give him some work. They also signed TJ Yeldon um, after leaving the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. So they have a you know a passing down back they could work with. But let's take a look at their wide receiving core. And, again, we'll circle this all back to Josh Allen and start from scratch, but I just kind of want to go through their offense for a second. They signed John Brown. Um, they have Robert Foster, who's their downfield threat, who they had. Uh, mid, I think in the middle of the season, they signed Cole Beasley from Dallas. They have Zay Jones, who was, I think, a first-round draft choice, if I'm not mistaken, a couple years ago. Tyler yeah. Croft is their tight end. He's out right now. He's always injury-prone, so don't worry about their tight end position. Um, and we'll get into their offensive line a little later and see how they, those guys are. But out of the names I just told you, who interests you most? What what position interests you most coming into this year? Uh, I just want to see what Josh Allen's going to show us. I mean, come on. I mean, he's, he's got a little bit more weapons than he did last year. He didn't really have any weapons to throw to last year. Now he's got Cole Beasley, Zay Jones he already had. You got um, uh, you got TJ Yeldon is a lot better than people think he is. He can the ball in the backfield. He can run. Um, uh, uh, it's looking pretty good. I, I feel like that, that, that Josh Allen should actually have a pretty good decent year this year, especially also with John Brown as another addition. They, they have weapons. He actually has weapons this time to throw the ball. So, you know, he won't have to be uh, running for his life and trying to make something happen out of nothing. I mean, if he needs um, to use his legs. Yeah, no, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. I mean, if he needs to use his legs, by all means, do so. Because uh, yeah, he's quick yeah. enough to do so. You know, he can, he can be uh, today's, like, you know, Mike, uh, Mike Vick. But, you know, I mean, why, why, why have to run if you can throw the ball to a lot of these guys that, that, that do have the potential? Like, when, when Cole Beasley was over in, in Dallas, you know, he got no love over there. I mean, there was a, there was a point where where he, he was getting maybe one target a game. And it was like these guys almost I, – I, I watch a lot of the Cowboy games. You know, I'm a Giant fan. I like to see them, them suffer. You know, so I, I always see a lot of their games. And he's predominantly always open. And he just never gets looked upon because, you know, Dak, you know, he can't read any defenses for his life. So, you know, that's, that's a different story for another time. But anyways – you know, in my opinion, um, this team's got a lot of weapons on offense, um, defense. I mean, offense side of the ball. You know, they might not be huge names, but you know, they have the potential to put up a lot of points. Um, the big worry I have right now is definitely Lashawn McCoy. This guy's always, 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 always hurt, and he's probably gonna get hurt again this year. I mean, I hope not, and never, you know, hope anybody gets hurt. But you know, it just is what it is. He's 31 years old now. He's not, he's not a young running back anymore. But we'll see what happens. And then I also do like the big Frank Gore pickup. You know, he's always consistent guy. He's, never, he's always on the field. He's never hurt. Never. Tough, gritty. He's never hurt. He's gritty. You know, he's play, he played for the Colts for what, eight plus years. You know, he's 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 proven himself. And he's got opportunity here because, like I said, LaShawn Corey's not going to get hurt. He's probably going to be end up being the number one guy alongside T.J. Elvin. So, you know, overall, I like this. I like, I like this Bills offense. It's just, the, you know. 
we'll see if they can hold it together. Yeah, man. So I, I really uh, like Josh Allen coming into this year because I think now that they've established, like, listen, LaShawn McCoy is your guy, but if he performs the way he did last year and did exactly what he did last year, you have Frank Gore, make sure to utilize him because he's a ground-and-pound guy. He's done that for years. He leads the whole entire NFL in rushing. He's done that for, you know, he's on the top of the list for NFL history for the most rushing. I think he's number four on the list or three on the list, but he's going to pass him eventually because this guy signs with a new team every year, doesn't care. He's just able to play and he will play. Use that guy to your advantage because Josh Allen has an arm. Let's see him use it this year. You don't have to run for your life. If you need to, sure, use your legs like you mentioned before. But we signed John Brown to the two, like I think like a three-year deal, and then Cole Beasley to like a three-year deal or something like that. And these are weapons you could use. So now there's really no excuse for you not to try these guys out. Stay in the pocket. Find these guys open. Use them. Zay Jones, I, I mentioned he was not a first-round draft choice. He was a second-round draft choice, but still just as great of a talent as you ha would have um, in the first round, if he falls to you in the second round, so and he's been there for he's been there for a little bit, so he knows the system, he knows exactly what to do. Um, he's I think the key for the Bills this year is to use Josh Allen to their advantage because you can't there's no excuse anymore. You finally have a guy at quarterback to take that position. You're not you know throwing in second string guys and having injuries year in and year out again. They haven't really found the guy that they wanted to use since you know, Tyrod Taylor. And even when he was there, they signed yeah. him to a long deal and it just didn't work out for him. You have a guy on a rookie deal. Let's develop him early. Let's get him to, you know, you did the right thing and you signed these wide receivers to, you know, semi long-term deals, not long, long-term deals, but you know, short slash long-term right in the middle. So you have enough time to use these guys where, you know, you can use them to your advantage. I think the, the biggest key this year is Josh Allen, how they use him. Again, he's on, his, like I mentioned before, on his rookie deal. You're not going to worry about extending this guy for a while. You don't have to worry about going out and signing another quarterback or drafting another quarterback for a very long time. So that that's the key this year, Josh Allen, 100%. Yeah, I, I totally agree. We'll see what he can do. And it's not a matter of if he performs, it's a matter of when, you know. He showed he had potential last year with nothing. And, you know, this year's just, you know, a stepping stone in his career. So we'll see what happens. And going forward, let's see if they can keep giving him more and more weapons to, you know, use to in his arsenal. So I mean, you do give him the weapons, but, again, their, their, defense, their offensive line isn't the greatest in the world. Another reason why he had to run for his life is all the pressure he saw. So maybe this year um, giving him some weapons, you know, even if they're – an inch open, he's going to try to take a chance on those guys. I think you're going to see him make his mistakes. He's going to be able to improve on those mistakes. But if he runs the ball effectively, if he absolutely needs to, definitely use your legs because we're going to they're going to see a lot of that again. But now that teams have tape on him and what it, exactly what exactly he does outside of the pocket, if he doesn't find a target, he's going to run the ball and teams are going to catch up on that and then he's going to be tackled for a loss. So hopefully um, he's able to use these guys to their advantage. I know I mentioned that many, many times, but that should be very important to the Bills. They haven't been a good team in a very, very long time. You have your guy of the future. Use him because he was your first-round draft choice in a big quarterback class. So definitely use that guy to your advantage, man. Um, jumping into their yep. defense, I mean, not a lot of huge names, but I like I like guys like Micah Hyde at strong safety. I like him each and every year. He's, yeah, he's phenomenal. Time. Yeah, you have uh, linebacker Lorenzo Alexander, who's solid each and every year. Tremaine Edmonds. Um, you know, those notable type guys. I don't think defensively these guys are going to be amazing, but I feel like when you have Micah Hyde and Lorenzo Alexander leading the pack, I think these guys will hold themselves above water for a little bit. But let's not forget here, at defensive tackle, they draft Ed Oliver. And he's ex he's the only he's the only player in a very long time 
like, you know, unless you're signing with the Bills and they're giving you money, obviously you're going to take the money. But Ed Oliver was very excited on draft night to be drafted by the Bills. And he's excited to play with the Bills. Because, again, playing up there uh, in the cold weather every single day, they played in that snow game. They have a bunch they, cold weather all the time. It's, it's not amazing. So him actually being excited to come in and actually play for them, that's definitely a big plus for them on defense. Oh, 100%. I mean, who would want to go to Buffalo where it's cold all the time, you know, deep up in the up in the mountains of New York? But having this guy at 21 years old, young, so young, you know, this is, it's an exciting thing for the Bills. You know, the Bills, like you said, haven't been good for a very long time. To finally be able to try to revamp this, de- uh, this defense up a little bit and bringing this guy in is definitely going to help. Um, but like you were saying, there's nobody else, really else on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, the defense side of the ball that really, you know, comes out at me besides the guys you already named. You know, like you said, I agree again that this defense maybe holds itself above water. But when you play those good teams, you know, like the Patriots or you know the high the high off the high off uh, octane offenses, you know, it's gonna be hold it's gonna be hard to hold them off. But yeah, you know. definitely. Um, like I said, like I said, they're re- they're rebuilding, so we'll see what goes down. Yeah, they're rebuilding, and I definitely think they're going to get better on defense than they will on offense. I don't know if you agree with that, but I, I think they aimed for Ed Oliver so that he could lead the pack. When we're going to start from scratch, you're the guy we're building around, and you're going to make your way through the lineup, and you're going to make your way to the top and be known as one of the better defensive players in the league um on a team that isn't highly respected especially by players who don't want to play there you're going to be the guy to want to make players come here you're going to be the guy that that a lot of people are going to be excited about being drafted to the bills for like he was excited on draft night so i definitely think before the offense gets better and i think they're going to be okay this year i think the defense is going to be phenomenal and i think they're going to take that bears route where listen like we're not as great as we think we are on on offensive side of the ball, not even on defense, but we're going to keep the guys that we're, we stuck with from the beginning, drafting them in the first round, second round, and build up this core that's going to come together and really carry this team. And I think they're going to take that route with Ed Oliver. I see that type of player in him. I, I mean, I, I would start from, I mean, they always the cliche uh, saying always goes, defense wins championships. So why not start with the defensive side of the ball? Those guys will last a little bit longer and then go back to the offensive side of the ball, you know. So I agree with that that the ideology. So, I mean, why not? I mean, the defensive side of the ball also, also you know, balance out your offense. So if your defense can get these guys off three and out, your offense has another chance to, you know, more opportunities to score. Yeah, um, and, I, and I mentioned those guys like, Alexan- like Lorenzo Alexander and Micah Hyde and Ed Oliver, who I find – very, he's gonna. Who I find who he's gonna be a very phenomenal player in his NFL career. But you can't forget like who guys they have at corner like Tre'Davious White, who was their first round pick, twenty seventh overall in twenty seventeen, and he had to only two interce- in two interceptions last year. And you know, I think he has time to develop. And I feel like if they really rebuild from their defense, I think it's gonna make everyone better. Mm-hmm. Let's yeah, jump I into agree. yeah yeah. Definitely. So we're gonna jump into their schedule, and we can wrap it up from there, and we'll pretty much give our overall summary of the, of this division since we went over each and every team individually but they start off their season against the Jets and followed by the Giants so they both both they verse both New York teams right out of the gate uh week 3 they go up against the Bills Patriots week 4 um week 5 Titans week 6 Dolphins week 7 Eagles Redskins week 8 uh Browns week 9 uh Dolphins week 10 
and then Broncos week 11, Cowboys 12, Ravens, Steelers, Pats, Jets. I just named like five weeks that I could chalk up with them losing like right away. Like that's a pretty tough schedule going towards the end of the season. Like I mentioned, Browns, oh, Broncos. Yeah, Browns, Broncos, Ravens, Steelers, Pats. That's uh, pretty tough. Very, very tough. Uh, I see. Damn, I, I'm seeing maybe three wins. Wow, three. Yeah, three. I mean, that's not. I mean, that's not. I mean, I can see I the Giants, Giants build the Giants game. The Giants build. You never know. That's a that's a coin toss. I count as one. Bengals is another, and then you got you know. Maybe the Titans. I'm even being nice with them. Dolphins. Who knows? It's just no matter who's worse. I even I think they're better than the Dolphins. You got the Eagles. They're gonna lose. I mean, yeah, I see three, maybe four wins. They got a tough schedule. I mean, even though they're playing a lot of teams that are not gonna be that great either, they're they're just worse. But you know, we'll see. I mean, yeah, we'll definitely have to see. But I mean, these last two teams we mentioned before, we pretty much talked about them because of where the potential may be. But we started off with Patriots and Jets because of how head-to-head we think it's going to be. Maybe the Patriots steal this division, you know, hands down. But if the Jets perform the way they look like they are on paper, which is going to be a great team, I think they're going to give the Patriots a run for their money. But the Patriots, again, I still see them sneaking out on top and, you know, taking it to the promised land again because they have a pretty solid team this year offensively. You know, and if, as long as he has weapons offensively, he's won a he's won a Super Bowl with guys like Chris Hogan, Julian Edelman, and Danny Amendola. Now he has Josh Gordon, you know, Tom Brady, and Belichick, Nikhil Harry, who you draft you you take in the draft. So he's a young guy with potential. Sony Michelle from last year can capitalize. He's been to a Super Bowl. He knows exactly how to perform now. And I can go on and on and on. Julian Edelman is back. He's you know security blanket. As long as they have that offense, they can go as you know, sky's the limit for them. But the Jets, new offensive, co- new new coach, um, and Adam Gase and Sam Donald, they have a young quarterback. He has a long career ahead of him. Um, it, it's going to be a very exciting division, specifically for those two teams. Hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. I mean, it's, I I see this division laying out as Patriots, Jets, Bills, Dolphins. I can't see it. I can't see it falling down any other way unless injuries come along. Would you ever bet money that the Jets take this division ever in your life? Uh, what's the odds? <laughs> it all depends on the odds. If the odds are crazy high. I'm like sure the, the odds are crazy right now. Like I'm the sure fans, they are. I, if, if the, I, yeah, I would take it. Why not? I mean, I, the Jets have the potential. I mean, I don't know what Sam Donald's gonna be. I, I know Sam Donald's gonna be better this year. I just don't know how much. Is it going to be like a little bit? Is it going to be a drastic amount? Is he going to come out and throw 30 plus touchdowns? I don't know. It's possible. I like him because he he looks, he he doesn't get nervous in the pocket. He never, he doesn't. He looks like he's like a natural quarterback. And now after that first year, he he knows exactly what to expect. Yeah. I mean, his first series in an NFL ever, he threw a pick. And then after that, he just seemed like the most relaxed guy ever. I mean, mean, it was kind of a blessing in a way for that to happen. I mean, I, I definitely agree. I mean, they have the balance now on, on both sides both sides of the ball. You know, they have a, a defense that can keep offensive off the field, and they have an offense which they can run the ball or they can throw it. So now that they don't have, they have this balance, which is what you need to, to win championships. Are they going to win a championship this year? 
probably not, but you know, they have potential for the next coming years. I hate being so be bland. Of, for, I hate being, you know, I hate being so bland about this, but I really, I really don't see them surpassing the Patriots at least until Brady retires. And I know that's something everyone's thinking of, but let's be honest here. As long as he's there with Belichick, those guys are a one-two punch that not a lot of people are going to be able to, to break down and, you know, be able to surpass them because they're just that amazing at what they do. And again, new head, new offensive, new, I keep saying that he is an offensive minded head coach. Yes. But new coach, um, you know, again, I said a long, a while ago, you give him the benefit because he hasn't been working with the best talent in the world. Maybe this is a good thing for him, but new head coach, usually the first year usually gets accumulated to these guys and maybe we'll see a big impact. Um, but again, Belichick's been with the same team, for a very very long time, so um, I'll, I'll take I'll take I'll take the team with the guys that know exactly how to break down break down every other team and know exactly how to you know pick and choose where their success will be. Like they know exactly on e- what each and every team they're going to be versing this year where their strong points are. The Jets are trying to figure out where their strong points are on their own team. So not sure if the Jets were going to put up a major fight. I think they're just I don't know if I'm exaggerating like thinking we're going to see a fight between the two or it's just going to be exciting because of the lineup we're looking at. You know, I really I'm truly hard trying to find that fine line in between that. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 tough to say. I mean, you just have to go based off what you've seen in the past 10 years. I mean, the, the Jets have never really been that threat to the to the to the Patriots. I mean, saw those those two years like I said. Uh, one year when Mark Sanchez went to the AFC Championship, wasn't that the same year that that Brady got hurt? Yeah, or is that a different year? I think it may have that been the same that Brady. Year. That, I think it was. A, it may have been against Brady. I forgot. I don't. I, I don't remember. But I just. Yeah, know, I just I'm not know really that sure. But, the result. Yeah, but I mean, other than those two years, I mean, the Patriots always been on top. They have always been competing. They always been winning at least ten games, eleven games. You know, they're just a powerhouse, and and and, and with with Brady and Belichick, you know, they're unstoppable. So. I mean, you can never say never, you know, things always come to an end, you know. Rome lasted 2,000 plus years, you know, and look what happened then, they're gone now. So, I mean, I mean, I would love to see, I would love to see, you know, the Jets surpass the Patriots, but it's a long shot. I can't, I, I just, I can't imagine it happening, you know. Then that's why Tom it's Brady, so exciting Tom Brady, because... Tom Brady's the GOAT, man. Yeah, He's he is, goat. he is, but... That's why it's so exciting because we don't know exactly what we're seeing and it should be a great watch coming into this season. Is there anything else you wanted to add on this division as a whole? We've been talking about it for a while, um, but but again, it's 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 the Patriots division to me. And obviously it is to you as well. But um, anything else you want to yeah. look out for or talk about I, real quick? I mean, I, I, I mean, I see. I just see two people in this division that are the most important and, and that can make the most impact. Two things can possibly happen. If if either Darnold or Brady get hurt, it's probably over for those teams. I mean, without Brady, who are they gonna? They're not winning without Brady. It's it's possible. And the same thing with the Jets. If the, if the Jets lose, lose Darnold, the season's over. I mean, who are you gonna put in? You know, they got you know, Simeon and Davis you know, Webb. Yeah, like come on, really? Like the Giants couldn't even believe in Davis Webb. You think that you think the Jets do? Come on. And then you got and then you got Trevor Simeon. Come on, like, the guys are nobody. I mean, I mean, I, I, if anything, the Patriots have the most opportunity to win without Brady because, uh, for some reason, any great quarterback they ever raise and 
and, and then they uh, they coach ends up playing pretty well, you know. When it came from Garoppolo, and then it came from um, oh man, what's his name? That trade for the Colts. What's his name? Oh, and what's the guy's name that got traded to the Colts when when uh, Luck was hurt? Uh, Jacoby Brissett. Yes, same thing. I mean, he didn't play as well, but he was another, you know, Belichick assignment, and you know, whatever. But uh, overall, it's the Jet, it's the, the Patriots' division to lose. If if, if, if they lose, it's because they beat themselves. Um, and it's it's definitely hard to see but, that happen, though. <laughs> you know. Oh, hundred percent. I guarantee. Yeah, if, if I if I don't see the Patriots in the, the, the playoffs this year or or not winning the division, I'll be in shock. It's like I think a couple years back seeing the Golden State Warriors not in the finals. Like that's like a shocking thing to see. You know, this is you know it's a dynasty right now, and and I can't see them losing this division. Yeah, they're not gonna they're not gonna miss a step. It's just kind of like it's kind of like just them like strolling through the league as they usually do, but they see this kind of. They they see this little obstacle ahead of them, and it's just the Jets. And I think it's just a little small obstacle right now. It's slowly growing, but eventually they're going to be able to compete with them. It's the Jets' division to take. And, and I mean, it's the Jets' division to try to improve, but it's the Patriots' division to take, you know, every year until Brady retires. And they got to keep on that. And I think we shouldn't get delusional. The Patriots are going to make another playoff. It's it, They're going to play for another Super Bowl. Um, we'll just have to see how they perform this year if they go up against the Chiefs again. Yeah, I agree. I I got one question for you. Sure. Two two parts. All right. So when Brady finally retires, you think Belichick goes with him, or do you think Belichick sticks around? Good question. I think he sticks around at least a year or two to see what Jared Stidham's got. If that's their next way to go, um, I don't know. I feel like Bel- Belichick has never cared who he's lost out on. I think he's he's worked with Brady because he's the most consistent guy. So if he sees that again in Jared Stidham and his first year coming out is is like you know good enough to handle, I don't think he leaves. I don't think he leaves immediately. I think he goes one or two years with Stidham and then he leaves. Um, but again, I, I I just see Belichick and he has not cared about losing big pieces. And I feel like Tom Brady. I know he's he's the goat, but. I feel like he's no different. As long as Bill Belichick is under the helm and he has an option coming up next, like if they didn't draft Jared Stidham and they, you know, they still lost Garoppolo because again that their backup was Brian Hoyer, he definitely would have been out. But I think if Jared Stidham's the answer coming up next and he's taking the air of Tom Brady, I think he sticks around for a little bit longer. We'll see. I mean, I, I just hope that he doesn't retire as soon as Brady retires. I just want to see, like, because they always have this, 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 um, this idea that oh, Belichick ain't nothing without Brady and vice versa. So I'd love to see. I mean, Brady's already shown what he's got. I mean, he's not going to play for any other team. He's played his whole career in, the, in New England. He's not going anywhere. I can't see him ever leaving and playing for somebody else. Well, think about Belichick for a second. Bel- he is also their GM and defensive coordinator right now. So this this guy is a huge, huge piece to their entire organization let alone head coach you know what i mean yeah he's, i mean if you think about it he's almost like the you know like the greg popovich of the nfl he's like he has that much influence on the team that he can do whatever hell he wants imagine imagine losing your defensive coordinator first it was patricia then yep. flores now he's like you know what screw this i'm the defensive coordinator and i'm the gm so i'm taking i'm doing everything 
Yeah, and he's probably not getting paid more either. <laughs> I'm sure he I doesn't. Mean, hey, I mean, it, no. I mean, I mean, it just it just shows it just shows that he's the go. I mean, come on, Matt, you know, you got two goats now. You know, he's taking over three, three, three freaking jobs. That's crazy. Being a GM is already a hard job. Being a head coach is is just as hard. And then you gotta and then you gotta worry about a whole defense. It's ridiculous. I mean, you know, you gotta give Belichick a lot of props for being able to do all that and see what happens. I mean, this is his first year doing it, right? So we'll see. We'll see what happens and how they, um, you know, the moves he makes during the season because you know stuff's going to go down. Every year it happens. No team ever goes unscathed. No team ever has no injuries. It's literally impossible. So we'll see what kind of moves he makes this season. Definitely we'll see if so. they can bring him back in another championship. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I, de- I definitely do see that happening, but uh, a lot of good teams are on the come up right now. But again, Patriots are a dynasty. But we can wrap it up here. Um, is there anything else uh, you needed to add in regards to this division or anything? Because uh, I'm pretty much out of things to say. I've never gone in so much depth into a division that is pretty much chalked up to be the Patriots. But uh, for one team, usually it's like <laughs> like I didn't I didn't even talk about the NFC North like a crazy amount. With like, there's literally three teams in that division who are competing for first place. But again, uh, you know, we we definitely dove deep into into this division for sure. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, for all those all those fans out there, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, we're helping them out, giving them some in-depth stuff about you know, fantasy football coming around. How many uh, how many teams are you in for this year? Are you in any? For for what? Fantasy, fantasy football. Fantasy. I'm doing my first money league ever this year with a buddy of mine. First Twi- money league ever. First. You've never done a money league. No, before? and it's thirty bucks. And wow. Yeah. Twelve. That's twelve, 12 team 30 league. Bucks? Thirty bucks. Twenty teams. Dude, no, 12, I'm, twelve teams. Dude, I'm in a. Dude, I'm in a two hundred dollar league. I've been in since like I was in high school. My, my older brother. And then now I'm in a and I'm in a hundred dollar league. Money uh, winner takes all. That league. So, I mean, I, I like to do it because I mean, I don't know, it's just fun. I mean, because it, it's a big payout if you win. You know, you don't even have to come in first; you come in third place and make double the money you made. Word, put in, yeah. You know, so yeah, and um, it gives you that more, more of that motivation. You know, yeah. Um, so I, I thank you, <laughs> I thank you very much, Devin, for coming on the podcast for the first time. I'll definitely have you back on. Uh, you have you ever awesome. done a podcast before in general? No, I did one. I did one when I was in community college just to try it out. It was kind of a sports type thing. Right. You know, it was pretty cool, but this is pretty much like the most in-depth podcast I've ever done. So, yeah, just pop my cherry today. <laughs> very, very cool, bro. You're, you're a natural. I'll definitely have you come on. I appreciate it. And I'll wrap it up here. Thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time.